From sheisconference.org and Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania, you're listening to the She Is Community Podcast. Well, how are we doing tonight? So in New Jersey, we have a rap at our church when we have our friends come and speak for us that they're like, man, Church Alive is a rowdy church. And so for some reason, wherever I go, I'm a little bit rowdy too. So if I'm a little rowdy tonight, please forgive me. Um, Thank you to my friend, Steve. Would you hang out with me a little bit this evening tonight for me? Will you keep playing for me? Yes. And I'm going to just honor Pastor Kim in a moment. But before I do that, I was just sensing, even in the first session tonight and even just before, I just feel like even now a spirit of heaviness is about to come off. I'm just really sensing that God wants to just do something supernatural and he wants to break the familiar, the over-familiar that sometimes as Christians that we come in and we experience things. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to breathe something new and fresh and he wanted to unlock joy for some people. I felt like tonight I have a different word, but I just needed to come in and and unlock something here. There is a spirit of heaviness maybe on some of you. You've come in here tonight. And I just want to say that joy is available to you. See, his presence is here and in his presence there is fullness of joy. And so I want to just speak that right now over anybody who maybe came in with the spirit of heaviness, maybe depression, maybe anxiety. And we saw a few of those videos and we saw what Jesus did to those women. And I know that's the story for so many of us. But even now in this moment, I just want to declare just joy for those right now who are needing that touch. So Father, all around this room and even online at Blairsville campus, Lord, I thank you that you are just unlocking your freedom, unlocking your joy, and just setting your daughters on fire for you. I thank you. You are here. I thank you, God. You are moving. I thank you for what you are doing in this church, throughout this region, through Pastor Kim and Pastor Mel. I thank you for the vision that is on this house, the global impact, the international impact. I thank you that you are anointing them and appointing them for such a time as this, for your kingdom's glory. In your name, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Kim, I love you. Thank you. You are such a gift to me such a wise, incredible visionary. And listening to her is like remarkable. I'm like, how the heck does she have that vision? I'm like, I want more of you, Kim. And she is just absolutely incredible. And hello to those of you um, watching at the Blairsville campus and those of you online. I know a bunch of our girls are watching online too. And some of them are here tonight. And I love you guys. And you guys are incredible. Well, tonight, I have a word for you. Actually, before I go ahead and give you the word, I might as well introduce you to my family. Is that okay? I have the cutest family. I think we have some pictures. Hopefully, that will be able. There they are. And those are my parents. So I'm a Jersey girl who is also Portuguese. And so our family is everything to us. That's my son, Ben. He's 13. He's our little worship leader who loves the Lord, spirit-filled. And we have my daughter, Rachel, who's 10. We have our little Hope Charlotte, the the family uh, clown. And she is six and my husband, Anthony. We've been married for 18 years almost, and uh, he is incredible. I think we might have another picture coming up of me. And that's my favorite family member. Just kidding. Don't tell my family I said that. But this is Shiloh, and he loves to bite people. Uh, But now he's been set free from his addiction of biting and 
terrorizing people's arms, but he's beautiful and we love him and we keep him. And because we lay hands on him and declare that he will be a calm dog in Jesus' name. And so, oh, and that's my husband and I like to dance. I love to have fun and he is so much fun, thank God. And um, that's us and he's so cute and he's Australian and God blessed me very much with him. And so that's it, that's all of us. But hey, I have a word for you and it's so funny because when Pastor Kim invited me to come and speak, I had a completely different thought of what I was gonna bring tonight. I was like, oh, I'm gonna preach this word. It was such an incredible word for my women and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. And then the moment I started praying and seeking God, I felt him switch the page. He's like, no, that's not the one for she is. And, and so I started praying about it and I spoke to Pastor Kim and I said, hey, Kim, is it okay if I bring a little bit of a different word, maybe a bit more challenging, maybe, you know, maybe not one that maybe tickles our ears, but maybe makes us a little uncomfortable. And I always want to ask permission when I bring a word like that, because I do believe it is the lead pastors who are there to challenge us. And we come along to just, in a sense, compliment what they're doing. But I just felt like there was a stirring in my heart of what God wants to do tonight. I believe, like she was saying, that we need to sound the alarm, because we are living in days where the culture that we live in needs a church that is vibrant, that is full of life, full of boldness, full of grace and truth, but we have got to model the way through the freedom that Jesus Christ died to give us. And so my main passage tonight is Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, and it says like this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Can you tell the girl next to you, burdened again? And then say with a little bit of Jersey attitude, not me. I'm going to teach you girls a little bit of Jersey and a little bit of Portuguese tonight, okay? So how we do it in Jersey, we do a little bit of a shoulder thing, like, not me, all right? Can you do that? Can you give me a little attitude? Not me, all right? You too, Blairsville. Give a little attitude, all right? Don't worry, I won't teach them to be rebels, okay? Maybe another time. But uh, just rebels for Jesus, okay? But yes, not me. Let's not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And recently, Pastor Kim invited me so graciously to be on her podcast. And she asked me, what are my passions? What, what is one of my passions? Or what brings me to life? And, and to be honest, I told her, like, my passion is to see God's daughters free. But also what makes me super infuriated is when I see God's daughters not free when I see them bound, when I see them burdened, when I see them arrested by addictions and strongholds, when I see them bound by deception and lust and fear and confusion, it bothers the heck out of me when I see the body of the living Christ living in this bondage of fear when we are called to rise up because we are the head and not the tail. And it ticks me off when I see so many of his daughters bound, bound by lust, bound bound by disappointment, bound by despair. And I'm like, wait a second, he died to give us freedom. What are we doing walking around handcuffed? We come to church, we lift our hands, but our spirit is almost like this sometimes. And we have to ask our questions, how? How did we get there? If he came to give us new life, if he died and through his blood, we have access into his kingdom. Through his blood, we have access to be free. Why are so many of us still living bound? 
It burdens me when I see his daughters going back to their former ways of thinking, their former ways of living. And, and it angers me when I see the devil holds people captive by his crafty schemes and deceiving nets. He, he lures us in. He, he, he gets us lured by the lust of our own flesh and we buy into the lie that true happiness or freedom is fulfilled when we gratify the cravings of our flesh. You see, the lie that says true freedom is doing whatever I want when I want is actually the greatest deception of all time. Because if doing whatever we want when we want were true, why are so many people eventually enslaved, enslaved by the very thing they thought would bring them freedom? If doing whatever we want with our money was so freeing, why does it eventually make you a slave to your debt? If doing whatever you want with our health, why does it eventually make you a slave to sickness? If we do whatever we want with our relationships, we will eventually be a slave to pain and regret. If we're reckless in our leadership, we eventually become a slave to pain and regret. And we see it all around us all the time. So sure, many of us can think I can do whatever I want with my life when I want to do it. And true, we are free to do whatever we want, but we are not free to choose the consequences. We are not true. Sorry, we're not free to choose the consequences. See, true spiritual freedom is found in the new life Christ gives us. It is found in the protection of God's word. It is the uninhibited, unfettered state of our heart and soul, not bound or tied to anything that limits who we are called to be in Christ. Yet so many of us are tied and bound to anything but Christ sometimes. The distractions, the, the things that take our mind, we are captivated by things that are taking us away from what God is calling us to. You see, true freedom is the, the byproduct of life surrendered to Christ. And I felt like I needed to do something different and I recently did something similar with our women. I wonder how many of us have grown over familiar with the message of Jesus and we've begun to slip back into our old ways of living, old ways of thinking. So before I get into the real crux of my message, I wanted to spend a little bit of time just talking about Jesus. And maybe you've been in here forever and you've been a Christian your whole life and you're like, I didn't come to She Is to hear about Jesus. I've been hearing about Jesus since, you know, Sunday school. Come on, Pastor Miriam. But how many of us have grown over familiar? How many of us sing the songs and it feels good and we believe it, but man, do we really believe it? Have we grown over familiar? You see, when it comes to Jesus, no one really asks whether or not he existed. The question many people ask, is he really God? And maybe we have people in here who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. A lot of people in the world look at Jesus as just a good moral teacher or a good prophet. But you see, a good moral teacher or a good prophet doesn't say, I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. A good moral teacher or a good prophet doesn't say, I am the door, doesn't say, I am the true vine. He doesn't say, I am the gate, I am the light of the world, I am the resurrection and the life. You see, Jesus is either a lunatic because those are some crazy statements that he's saying about himself, or he is like a liar, or he's Lord. And we have to come to terms with that one day. Is this prophet or this, this good teacher? Is he actually who he says he is? Is he really the Messiah, God himself? Is he the Lord? Or is he just a lunatic? Or is he just a liar? And we have to come to terms. And to me, I have no option but to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. He is the Messiah. And I can trust what he says. 
some of you may ask in here, what is it about Jesus that should make me give my life to him? What is it about Jesus that should make me leave my own ways? What is it about Jesus that should make me forsake the ways of the world? What is it about Jesus that should make me forsake even the traditions of my culture? As Pastor Kim was saying, our church is extremely diverse. I mean, you got every, like we have everything in our church. And, and with that comes cultures and traditions, but we have to remember we are called outside of that. We are for citizens of heaven and we have a life to live because of the master we serve. What is it about Jesus that I should make his word my standard? What is it about him that I should build my life on him and live for his glory and not my own? You see, there was no one like Jesus. No one heals like Jesus. No one has grace and mercy like Jesus. No one sees you and knows you and understands you like Jesus. No one looks at you and says, who condemns you? Get up and sin no more like Jesus. Who came to live this earth, to live the life he did, to love the way he did, to lead the way he did, die, be buried, raise again to give us eternal life like Jesus. Nobody did. You go and check any other person, they're still in the grave. But Jesus, he rose from that grave for you and I so that today we could live free. No one cleanses me like Jesus. No one heals me like him. No one loves me like him. No one puts me back together like him. Oh, can we not grow over familiar with the message of Jesus? No one is faithful like him. No one gives us peace like him. No one one frees us like him. No one gives us his own spirit like him the spirit of comfort, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and discernment. His name is powerful. His name is beautiful. And no one gives us new life like Jesus. Friends, I came here tonight to sound the alarm to sound the alarm because there is a fight for your freedom. There is a fight for you not to live this new life. There is a war. Yes, there's one going on right now in the Ukraine and in Russia, but I want to tell you there is actually a war going on right now for your mind, for your attention, for your devotion, for your allegiance, for our thought life, for the call of God on your life. There is a fight for the lordship of your life. There is a fight for our freedom. And the question is, will we get up and fight? Will we get up and have authority and say, get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You cannot have my call. You cannot have my marriage. You cannot have my children. You cannot have my mind. And for some of you, you need to say, you cannot have my sleep. I believe that is a word for many of us. We have gone way too many nights, sleepless nights, worried and anxious. Get behind me, Satan. You will not have my sleep. You will not have my rest. You will not arrest my mind. My mind belongs to the Lord. Get behind me, Satan. 
Friends, some of us have been weakened and apathetic towards the fight because we've been deceived and lured by the tactics of the enemy, just like Eve. You see, the enemy came to Eve like, oh, it's an apple. God created the apple. How can it be bad, right? There's all, oh, look. And he deceives you by things that are subtle, things that don't look wrong, like tarot cards, Ouija boards, things like that, crystals, all these things. Oh, it's not bad. It came from the earth. No, let me tell you something. It's the subtle things like the apple that will deceive you. And before you know it, you are ensnared. You're in a trap. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. Why have I been bitter for the last two years? Why am I always angry? Why do I speak to my children, to my husband like that? Why have I have no patience? What's going on with me? It's the foothold that you gave the enemy. There is so much confusion. There is so much going around. Sometimes it's the one foot in church, the one foot in the world. The lack of knowing God's word and obeying his word is what's keeping so many of his daughters bound. And they are living in a spiritual fogginess where they cannot determine and discern what God is saying versus what the world is saying. Be careful who you are in agreement with. There are movements right now in our culture that are anti-God movements. Be careful what you partner with, what you play with, what you allow in your home, who you allow yourself to listen to. What music do you play? I know that sounds super religious, like, okay, Pastor Mary, I'm a little bit of Pharisee spirit there. No, let me tell you something. I've been through enough deliverance ministry moments where music has been an open door for people to be bound. We've got to be the women of God who say, Holy Spirit, is this all right with you? And we need to be able to learn and discern what is of God and what is not. Because there is a fight. There is a fight for our freedom. There is a fight for our mind. There is a fight for our authority. The devil cannot handle it. When women stand up with their weapons, what is the word of God and the weapon, which is praise and prayer and know the authority that they have. But the moment we get confused, we get weakened. And we get spiritually like, yeah, what's going on? I'm really believing that tonight a whole ton of women will leave free. But some of us need to learn what the word says about some things. And for some of us, it's a reminder, but somehow we got caught up in old ways. But tonight I'm believing there will be a turning of the page for many women. Tell the person next to you, let's turn the page. That's right, I like it nice and rowdy. Say it again. Come on, nice and loud with attitude. Remember the Jersey way, okay? A little bit of shoulders. Give us some shoulders. Ephesians chapter 4, 21 through 24. Check out what the word, I love hearing laughter. That's my favorite. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, like kick it off, like throw it off like there's a leech on you kind of thing. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So how do we live this new life? How do we put old, uh, off the old? How do we put on the new? How do we walk free? And I'm gonna give you a couple of points. And the first one, you might roll your eyes like, I didn't come here to hear about that. You already talked to us about Jesus, which I knew all about. And now you're gonna talk to us about this. But here's the problem. So many of us are fooled because we think we can get through life without number one. Renewing our thoughts and attitudes by the word of God. 
We were not created to live this Christian life without his power. You need the power. And you only get the power through having time alone. Right now, I am saturated in the book of Luke. The amount of times that Jesus went to be alone with the Father. And every time he came back, he went and did ministry. The amount of times that he was face to face with God, on his own, on his face. He knew the word of God. That is where we get our power. That is where we renew our mind. It is not in our own strength. It is not in our own wisdom. It is not in our own abilities. It is only through the power of Jesus, through his word. Here is where lies the truth and the power to conquer sin. But we're fooling ourselves because we think, well, I go to church every Sunday. That's enough. Well, it depends if you want to live a mediocre type of faith. And we are living in days where we cannot afford churches that are living lukewarm or mediocre. We need the church of the living God to get up, get uncomfortable again, and be bold. Because you know who's doing a better job sometimes in the church? The world. And they're spouting out things like it's the truth, and we know it's not. But what are we doing about it? Well, I'll let someone else take care of it. No, we are called for such a time as this to get up out of our rusty dusties and do something with it. Can I say that in Indiana? Okay. In New Jersey, there's a whole set of different rules over there. Just kidding. Citizen of heaven, citizen of heaven. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to sit on this one a little bit. Do not give the enemy a foothold. I mean, don't even give him a sliver. Don't even be like, I'm just going to take a little peek. What's behind door number two? And then the moment you do that, like, oh, just a little foothold. He comes in. When you least expect it, he sets up shop right underneath your nose. You have no idea that you gave him a foothold. He's already wreaking havoc in your home, in your life, in your workplace. Why? Because you just gave him a little bit of a foothold. See, he's not a gentleman like our Holy Spirit. He likes to come on in. And the funny thing is, he won't wreak havoc right away. He'll be subtle about it. It's the little things. It's the little adjustments. It's the, wait, why am I, why do I feel like I don't want to worship? Like, why, why do I, why do I feel like I don't want to come to church? Why do I not want to, what's going on? Like, why am I, and you're like, what happened? Oh, you gave the enemy foothold. Jesus came to give us new life. So then don't go back to your old ways of living. Don't even look back like Lot's wife. Do we know the story about Lot and his wife? They were called out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And she's like, oh, but my like Louis Vuitton bag and like all those amazing things that I left behind in Sodom and Gomorrah. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Now I'm not saying you're going to turn into a bottle of adobo. Do you even know what adobo is here? Yes? Does anyone know what adobo is? Or just my church alive girls? <laughs> okay, okay, bottle of sea salt. There you go, okay? Whatever you guys use for seasoning, we're not gonna turn into that. But the thing is, so often we look back and we say, oh, the good old days. Oh, do you remember when? But during the good old days, we would always talk about, I can't wait till the future. I can't wait till this happens. I can't wait till I get married and then you get married. I can't wait till when I have kids, then I'll be happy. Oh, after the kids graduate, then I'll be happy. After we buy our house, then I'll be happy. And we're just running around waiting to be happy. And the Lord gave us joy now, but we're going in circles. One day I'll be happy, but until then, uh, 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 this, that, this, that. No, 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 no. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So people, if you are single, be joyful in your singleness. It is a blessing. If you are married, don't wish that you were single again, although many of you probably still do, and it's okay, but just be joyful in that season. Don't give him a foothold by looking back and wanting to go back. 
Don't go back to your old ways of thinking, your old ways of forgiving, your old ways of speaking. Even the old places you would visit for old reasons. See, the enemy wants to keep us ineffective. He wants to immobilize us so that we can't be the hands and feet so that we can see other people set free. There's a scripture in chapter, in Luke chapter 5, 36 through 39. I'm not sure if I have enough time to say it, but then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. You see, in your new life with Christ, he wants to make all things new. He wants to give you the whole outfit. He wants to give you the shoes, the new pants, the new jacket, the new shirt. He wants all of it. But what is it about us sometimes in our flesh that we're like, God, I'll just take the new jacket, but I'll still wear the old pants. I'll still wear the old sneakers. And he's like, no, I have come to give you new thinking, new living, new everything. Take it. And it's like being given like a credit card full of money and we never activate it, but it's free to us. This new life, but we don't live it. Pastor Miriam, I can't do that. I know. In our strength, we can't. It's why we need his grace. And I'm not talking about greasy grace where oh, I'm gonna live in sin because I got grace, so I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. Grace isn't an excuse to stay in your sin. It is the power to get out of it. He didn't set us free so we can continue in our sin. He set us free so sin wouldn't have dominion over us. And I'm not here, I'm not trying to be like this crazy preacher, like, Repent! no, I, I'm trying to make you understand that if Jesus went up to that woman caught in adultery and he said so lovingly, hey, no one condemns you. If, if Jesus lovingly, full of compassion and full of grace and mercy calls you out of sin, don't let the enemy fool you back in. And some of you might be thinking, oh, well, I don't, I don't have that problem. I'm not like that person who's like addicted to that. And I don't, no, 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 that right there is old way of thinking. Old way of thinking is lack of faith. Old way of thinking is not believing, like we just sang that song, not believing that God can and God will make a way. That's old way of thinking. And so, so many times as Christians who've been around the block for a while, we just so easily point our finger at maybe what the newer generation isn't doing right. And we've forgotten that we're supposed to be the mentors for that newer generation instead of pointing the finger at the newer generation and say, oh, these kids these days, oh my gosh, who's going to set them straight? Well, definitely not you because you don't love them. <sighs> Isn't that the truth? If you're gonna always kind of shame them and condemn them, how can you reach them? How can you lead them? How can you love them? Old ways of thinking applies to us who've been Christians for a really long time. It's not just the obvious things, oh, the, the drunkenness and oh, this and oh, sex and oh, like, oh, she said sex in church. Yes, I did. Don't give the enemy a foothold. And I mentioned this a few moments ago, but I want to dive into it just a few minutes longer by opening demonic doors through the path of witchcraft. In our area, that's huge. 
Like I said, we have very multicultural church. So you have people from South America. You have people from Africa. We have lots of Africans in our church, lots of Latinos in our church. And so they have, they've opened doors as part of their heritage, Santeria, I mean, you name it. And then more in our American culture, it's the fortune tellers, the mediums, the Ouija boards, and all these seances and stuff like that. Can I just tell you in the name of Jesus, shut that door. Shut that door. And even like these good luck charms, the evil eye things, I think that's what it's called. It's like blue and it's got an eye on it, that thing. Like, no. You're putting your hope and your faith in a charm. No, 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 no. My God is way bigger than that little charm. Our God is way bigger than a fortune teller. You're going to see what your stars are. He made the stars, so go to the Father. That's all counterfeit power anyway. It is counterfeit. No, 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 no. Oh, but he created the stars. Yes, he did, but he's greater than the stars. So go straight to the Father. He's given us access through his son, Jesus. We are opening doors that we think are harmless. And that is why there is so much ineffective people around us who are called to be a warrior for the kingdom of God. And if that is you in here today, I just want to say, hey, I'm not here to shame you. I want to invite you to renounce that. I want to invite you to reject it. And I want to ask you to come tonight. And if, even if you have some of those things, a few weeks ago at our church, I, I spoke similar on this message. We had people coming to the altar and leaving things at the altar. We had people leaving condoms at the altar. Yes, I said it. <laughs> Women had them in their wallets waiting for their next one night stand. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Pastor, I said, he didn't call me Pastor Miriam. That would be funny. But um, yes, Lord. Um, he said, Miriam, I want you to call it out. I'm like, that's kind of awkward. We have guys in the crowd. There's a couple other things I called out. It was really awkward, but I will spare the men in this room and I will not call it out. But it was pretty awkward. And I said, there are people in this room who are going to be bringing things to the altar. And I kind of wasn't sure. I just felt like the Holy Spirit asked me to do it. And I was like, well, that's kind of like bold, Lord. That's embarrassing for them. And then if they don't do it, it's like I heard wrong. And so I was like, he's like, will you do it? Will you have faith and step out? I was like, okay, I will. But I kept seeing also bags, big black garbage bags. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that a bunch of women were going to go home, throw out clothes, clothes that they would use for reasons that we're not glorifying to God. They were gonna throw out books, idols, all these things. I cannot tell you how many DMs I got. Well, now I don't get DMs because I was hacked this week on Instagram. God help the hacker and make them know you, Jesus, so they can give me my account back. It's been a nightmare. It's another story for another day. I'm, I'm not bitter because I don't wanna give the enemy a foothold, but anyway. But I had so many DMs back in the day, two weeks ago, of people saying, Pastor Miriam went home and I couldn't believe how much stuff I had to throw out. I couldn't believe how many books I allowed in my house. I couldn't believe how much clothes I still had that I used for purposes that were not to glorify God. I'm like, amen, sister, burn it. Don't give it to your neighbor. You know, just burn it. Just burn it. Acts 19, old fashioned way. Just burn that thing. Don't give it to anyone. Don't share it with anyone. But it was incredible that night seeing so many people lay things at the altar. I was like, wow. That wouldn't have been easy for them. There was probably a bit of, oh Lord, this is awkward, this is embarrassing, but the step of faith that they had, and we saw so much freedom that night. It was wild. I told you we were rowdy up in New Jersey. <laughs> But it was incredible. And tonight, if that is you, if you've opened those doors, if you dabbled, not, not willingly, not even knowingly, that's okay. That's why we are here to teach you the word of God so that you can continue being free and not be bound again by a yoke of slavery. Number three, keep your heart clean. Oh, walking in freedom right here. This one right here. Keep your heart 
clean. We cannot walk in freedom if we have unforgiveness. He says it himself. God cannot forgive us if we do not forgive. And let me tell you something that's embarrassing to say. Christians, we are notorious for holding grudges. We are notorious for being offended. Well, I left the church down the street because the pastor offended me. He didn't say hi to me in the foyer. Really? Come on, we've got to be better than that. We get so offended with each other. We get so offended with the pastor, with the leader. We get offended with the worship team. They didn't do the song I asked them to do. It's not about you, sister. Pastor Kim recently told me something like that. I was telling her about how I was getting nervous about how much the church was growing and that I was like, I'd rather just watch Netflix for the rest of my life. It's kind of freaking me out. And she so lovingly and graciously grabbed me by the arm when we were in Devoted. And she's like, sweetheart. I was like, oh, she has a word for me. I was so excited. She goes, it's not about you. And I was like, well, I had a friend named Kim. No, just kidding. <laughs> that word I told her today and I told all our women last week or two weeks ago, I went to a devoted conference to hear that three-second word from my friend Kim. But isn't it funny that we do that? We make things about us and that's okay. God loves us and, and he wants to give us the delights of our heart. But man, we've got to get to a point where we go from God, Father, give me the desires of my heart to finally going to this part over here and saying, Father, now I want the desires of your heart. That's maturity. That's walking in freedom where it's less about you and more about him. More of you, God, less of me. We have to make it a mission to stay united when we're tempted to be divided. I have a whole lot more on this. I will say one of this. I had a huge scripture on it. Ephesians chapter four, a couple of months ago, I felt like the enemy was trying to actually make me ineffective by harboring unforgiveness in my heart that I didn't even realize was there. I'm telling you, you just, little foothold, little sliver, and you just come right in. And I didn't realize that roots of bitterness were like sprouting up. No clue. I thought I was minding my own business, being a worshiper, I love you, Jesus, building the kingdom. And the amount of times I was struggling sleeping because this one person was just sapping my joy every day. And so I was like, Lord, what do I do? Because if I don't get help, I'm gonna deck this girl. And that's not Christian-like. I know it's Jersey-like, but I'm not. From here, I'm a citizen of heaven. We already, you know, we talked about that already. But I was not okay. And here I am, like, preaching the word of God. And I'm like, Lord, how do I do this? Like, I cannot. And I'm the kind of person I will not get on a pulpit if I am having a hard time in my heart. I just can't. I can't do it. And so I was struggling. I was struggling. And I felt like God had led me to Ephesians chapter 4. And I stayed in Ephesians chapter 4 for four days. And I just sat on it. And I marinated in it. And it says, walk worthy of the calling in which you were called. It talks about keeping the unity of the spirit, like keep it tight. Like whatever you do at whatever cost, just stay united, stay united because the enemy knows that if he can divide us, he can wreak havoc and he can distract us so that we will not be on mission. So he will want to divide the body of Christ. He will want sister against sister, daughter against mother, leader against leader. And that is his tactic in the church. If he can't get you in sin that is blatant outside, he will get you in sin in the church by attacking one another. And then your spirit, what used to be sweet, is now cynical and sarcastic and angry and bitter. Why are there so many older Christians who look like they've sucked on lemons their whole life? 
like, wait a second, the longer you're with Jesus, aren't you supposed to be more joyful? No, they've, they've stopped surrendering and repentance and they've stopped saying, Lord, here I am. Clean my heart, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a, a right spirit within me. Man, as we get older in our faith, as we walk with Jesus, we should become lighter. We should become more fun, more joyful. Not the other way around. Like, bless God, I'm gonna set you straight, you and you fleshly people. No, bless God, come on. Let's serve the Lord with gladness. One of the weeds we need to get rid of is the need to always be right. Oh, that one's for me. I love being right and I'm often always right. But my husband gets annoyed because I'm always right. And I've had to learn that maturity looks like getting rid of the need to always be right, even if I am right. Because I'm that person like, well, I told you so. And I'll just with my jersey shoulders and I walk away and he's like, oh my goodness, this woman. Yes, this amazing Portuguese woman that God gave you. Anyway, number four. Thank you for the three people who laughed at that joke. I appreciate it. <laughs> number four. I think this is my last one. How do we walk free? This is, this is it right here, guys. I mean, all of those points, but this is it right here. This I've learned as a young girl, and I believe that it's the one thing that's allowed me through times of tragic loss and despair and disappointment and betrayal because if you've been a leader for more than a year you're going to go through some of that if you've been a christian you're going to go through all the different things you see so many people think that knowing jesus means you're excluded from any hardship actually no it just means that when you go through the hardship you have one who carries you through them he's the one who holds you tight he is the anchor of our soul but repentance and surrender. The lack of it is the reason why so many Christians are spiritually bound. The Bible tells us in Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I mean, how many of us are sick and tired of being sick and tired? Like the last couple of years, I'm like sick and tired of the news. I'm sick and tired of the media. Like I can't stand the media. Like, anyway. I, I'm just sick and tired of everything that's going on. I'm, t I'm tired of, of, of racial injustice. I'm just tired of it all. I'm just like, I'm done, I'm done. I'm gonna sit in the corner with my dog and just pet him for the next 20 years of my life and hope he doesn't bite anybody else. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. But the thing is we all long, our souls are longing for refreshing and we're going to everything. We even go on vacations and maybe you sip a Mai Tai or a pina colada and you think that will bring times of refreshing, maybe for a moment. But that is not what will be the perpetual refreshing that Jesus wants to give you. It is living in a place of surrender and repentance where you get on your knees before God and you say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. It's Father, I am so sorry where I have acted out of my flesh, where I've made my flesh my Lord, but God, you're my Lord. So God, I repent of my ways. I repent of my disobedience, not to shame you. You see, repentance is not to shame you. It is there to free you. This is not a repent or you will perish. No, it is a repent because there's freedom. 
for his daughters and too many of them are walking around bound, bound by anger and bitterness and anxiety. Oh, we've got to get good at saying the flesh is not my Lord. Oh, the flesh is not my Lord. Who is your Lord? Oh, repentance. Oh, it sounds like such an ugly word. Oh, it sounds like, oh, repentance. Oh, that's such an old fashioned word, Pastor Miriam. It is actually one of the most beautiful words because it's not a word that pushes you away from the Father. It is a word that pushes you nearer to the Father. See, the enemy wants to deceive you in saying that repentance is old fashioned, that getting on your knees before God is irrelevant, that grace says you don't need to do that. The opposite is true because true repentance actually brings you nearer to the heart of the Father. It is not to shame you. It is your protection. It is for freedom, that place of surrender. Sometimes it's taking something that you love, but it's harming you. And maybe Jesus is just asking you to lay it down because it's become an idol. Sometimes it's not even anything bad. Random weird story. My husband, super random. I wasn't even going to use this example. I'm a very random person. Ask my friends. Keeps me sane. Um, when we were dating, I don't even know if we were dating. He was in college, I was in college, and he loves working out. He's one of those crazy guys who loves to work out. And I just like watch him, I'm like, see you later, bye, I'm gonna eat my cookies and my brownies. I watch Netflix. And so then he, at that time, has such a huge passion for working out. And the Holy Spirit said to him, hey, you're making this an idol. He's like, what do you mean I'm healthy? This is, I am building the body you gave me, the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's like, okay, would you surrender the weights for a month? He's like, what? That is a religious spirit. I bind you right now. And he realized that he actually made working out an idol. Anything that takes precedence over God and what he's asking you to do, anything that is, is, is maybe not harmful, but it's becoming your distraction. It's becoming your focus. It's becoming your identity, even your sexuality. There's like craziness going on right now about male and female. Oh, I was like, what, what, what's going on right now? People have lost their mind. I mean, I thought it was all about the science. I guess not. Anyway, sorry, I'm not going to get into that. That's not my jurisdiction. I will stop right now. Um, focus, Miriam. Surrender. And he had to, for 30 days, surrender. He gave it up, and God gave it back to him. It wasn't like punishment. It was just like, will you put me before the things that you love in this world? Will you put me before the desire to even be married? That can become an idol. People who are single, like they, they idolize this notion of marriage and then they get married. They're like, what? why did I get married? Why didn't they stop me? Well, you were harassing your pastors to pray and fast for you for 20 years. Finally, we just did it for you. There you go. I'm not venting, don't worry. Have we made an agreement with fear? No, seriously, have we made an agreement with fear? Have we made an agreement with being okay, being over familiar? Like I just go to church and I just sit there warm up, warm in my seat. It's okay, I don't mind being an ineffective woman of God. I know that's uncomfortable. Oh, we're so much bigger than that because God lives within us. We have an assignment set before us because there is a world that is crying for truth. They think they have it, but the truth is we have it. And what are we gonna do with it? 
Have we made an agreement with disbelief? Are we consumed by anger and bitterness and resentment? Are we walking with the garments of despair and discouragement? And today I would invite you to lay them down. I'm believing if you would stand with me. I'm believing in this moment, and I asked Pastor Kim if I could do this. We're gonna invite people, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't been in relationship with him, if you don't know what it means to have him as Lord and Savior, to give you the freedom so that you can walk this new life. See, it's a journey for all of us, a new Christian, unbeliever, mature Christian, the, the journey of following Jesus. It's, it's constant surrender. God, help me get it right. God, help me seek you. Help me not get distracted. Help me not be captive by my thoughts, my fear. What Whatever it is, I just want to encourage you. Surrender is beautiful. Repentance is beautiful. It is not an old-fashioned word. It is an imperative word for such a time as this. Because it will bring times of refreshing. And if you are weary in your soul, if you are tired, maybe you have created agreements with anger, with cynicism, with unbelief, with unforgiveness, maybe with judgment, maybe with gossip, maybe with slander. I don't know what it is, but I believe every single one of us, I, like for me, surrender is daily. For me, repentance is daily. And I just wanna open up the altar in just a few moments. And if you wanna come and say, Lord, I, I need freedom from my thinking. I need freedom because maybe I opened a door to the occult, to witchcraft, to whatever it is, I don't know. I need, maybe you have addictions, maybe it's pornography. Yeah, women do that too. They struggle with that too. And God can set you free tonight. I'm believing that tonight, many of you will be set free from bondages that have been heavy in your family. I'm believing it will be the turning of the page for many of you up in the balcony, down here, those of you online, Blairsville, wherever you're watching, right where you are, I'm believing for breakthrough in Jesus' name. But first, before we go into that moment, I would just invite all of you for just a moment, would you just close your eyes and bow your head for me? If there's anybody in this room that has never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior, if maybe you've just seen him as maybe like, you know, this guy that came 2,000 years ago, did some cool things, but that's it. I want to tell you he is everything and more. He is Lord and Savior. And he's not just our Savior. He wants to be Lord of every single part of you. And so all across this room, if you want to receive Jesus, if you are already a follower, but maybe you've been far away from him. He welcomes you back home tonight. So all across this room, if this is you, if you wanna say, yes, that's me. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna surrender my heart to him. I want the forgiveness of sins. I want eternity with Jesus, who is God. All across this room, would you just lift up your hand so I can see it? I see that hand right there and that hand there. I see that hand over there as well. Can't really see, I see those hands, all those hands up there in the balcony, that's incredible. I see that hand back there too. Awesome, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna lower your hands again, those of you in the balcony, even if you're online, Blairsville campus as well, if you're in there, you can raise your hand. On a count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand one more time just so I can make sure I've seen all of you. Ready, on a count of three, I just want you to raise your hands one more time. Number one, he loves you. Number two, he died for you. 
And number three, he asks you to come home all across this room. Would you raise your hands one more time for me? Yep, I see these two hands up here in the front, that hand there, those hands up there in the back, that hand right there in the middle. Yep, those hands, those two hands there, that hand back there. And I can't really see the rest of you up there. Yep, I see your hand up there too, sweetheart. And that, yep, right there, up there in the balcony too. Amen. We're gonna just say a prayer together. I invite all of you to pray it with me. See, it's not necessarily the prayer that saves you, but it is the person that we're praying to that saves us. So would you repeat after me, dear God, today I give you my life. Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior as of my life. Lord, I ask you for forgiveness and I thank you for this new life you are giving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. And I hope it's okay. There's um, ways that you can um, get connected if you gave your life to Christ. It'll come up on the screen in a little bit. Text, she is to 94,000. But I wanna open up the altar, that's okay, Pastor Kim, to anybody who wants to come and just have a moment of surrender with God. Maybe you've been feeling bound. Maybe you've been bound by anger. Maybe you've been bound by old ways of thinking, old ways of living. Maybe it's lack of belief. And tonight, I just pray more than anything, it'll be a turning of the page for you to believe again, to hope again, to declare again, to live his life again. So if that's you, if you wanna just come for prayer, I'm gonna be praying for you in the front. I know the prayer team will be coming up and praying for you in the front too. If that's you today, would you be so bold to come out of your seats? I'd love to pray for you. And if you have stuff that you wanna leave at the altar, come on, let's do it. It's all across this room. You're welcome to come up. Well, that was an amazing message from Pastor Miriam. And here's what I want you ladies to know. Whether you're listening to this the week after She Is One Night, maybe you're listening to this months from when She Is One Night happened, but that response time and that altar call at the end was not just for March 25th, 2022. That can be for you right now. So if there are things that you feel that you need to surrender, there are things that you feel that you need to repent, I encourage you to take them to the Lord and ask Him because He is still working and He is still moving and can do mighty things in you no matter when you heard this message. So. Thank you so, so much for listening and tuning in. As always, um, if you want to be notified when we have new episodes, be sure to subscribe anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Thank you so much again for listening. Have a great day.